This is Don't Panic, episode number four, recorded July 9th, 2013, on Cars as Clothes, Bands for Arms, and All the Graphs. Good morning, afternoon, or evening, whenever you're watching our fine program. This is Don't Panic, the podcast on gadgets, the internet, and you. I'm Sean Jennings. Uh, I'm Colby Rabideau. I'm Dan Miller. And we have got a bombastic show for you today. Uh, all centered around the central theme of wearables and the self-API, that's right, computers that work with you. Uh, it's a really hot topic in technology today. I just read a story uh, today briefly about, you know, uh, anytime a company sees to slide on the wayside, they put out a rumor, they're putting out a watch or a headband or something and spikes up the stocks because everyone's talking about it. So right away we're going to jump into our own personal experiences, which I think is a great way to start. And that would be, um, I don't have any money, so I don't own anything cool. <laughs> if I had money, I would be Google Glass, Fitbit, Fuel Band. I would just, I'd be RoboCop, but <laughs> I don't have the budget. I will refer, however, to the other two guys, uh, Colby and Dan, who both have a Fitbit, which I'm really fascinated and I've looked at, and I think it's so cool. So I don't know if you guys want to talk about how that's worked out for you so far. Well, I've had the Fitbit and the Jawbone. Uh, so basically what these things do, they do two things. They track the number of steps you take, and they track how well you sleep. And from the number of steps you take, they try to extrapolate out like calories and distance and active minutes with varying degrees of success. Yeah, it's kind of a glorified pedometer. Yeah, but it, it syncs to your phone, which is cool. Yeah, and it does it does help like so if you set a goal and the standard the default goal is 10,000 steps and you're 9,187 steps in, it kind of sends you a notification to your phone, "Hey, you should, you know, keep going, don't give up." And things like that. <laughs> so, yeah. it's cool. Uh I think the sleep Sleep. Uh, I think the Jawbone does a much better job with sleep. The Fitbit seems to tell me that I wake up way more than the Jawbone did, but maybe it's correct. Interesting. I, I get I get a lot of so like I think the the Fitbit it like qualifies it's like restless. So like I assume that means when I'm like rolling around when I'm sleeping or something versus, and then there's like awake, which is like bright pink or something, but um, I actually had an interesting experience with that, because, which was cool, this is the only cool thing I actually learned so far <laughs> that, that wasn't like kind of like, oh yeah, I walked a lot today, like no crap um, but I was I, like normally I sleep and I like I have like 15 or 20 like restless moments over the course of the night but then when I went I went to like a party down at the beach with my with some of my friends from high school and we had a bunch of beers and I, like I slept like like a rock like I did not move all night <laughs> so yeah when when I drink a lot I sleep well here's Very what well. the uh, the Fitbit dashboard gives you exactly if I reload it it looks way more cool. Uh, Whee! Smiley faces. <laughs> so yeah, like it tries to extrapolate out a bunch of these things that, uh, you know, the steps I think are pretty accurate. I haven't tried to compare the Fitbit and the Jawbone, like wear one on each wrist and see, see what the delta would be. I'm going to have to try that sometime. Shouldn't, shouldn't you wear them on the same wrist, though? Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's a good point. <laughs> uh, so it gives you cool graphs. I'm, I'm a fan of cool graphs. Uh, I, thought, I thought there was more here. And you can, this is the new beta version, you can customize these tiles and move them around and change some stuff. You can add more things. The other cool thing about the Fitbit is that it has that scale associated with it, which I don't have. Oh yeah, I have the scale though. Yeah. It's pretty cool. How well does that integrate in now that you have both? I mean, it's just kind of like, it shows your weight there too over time and it's kind of neat. Um... It's cool because, like, 
I like the scale because, like, you just step on it and that's all you have to do and it, it all of a sudden shows up. Like, you don't even have to open the app and it sinks. It's cool. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Because it's hooked into the Wi-Fi network, right? Right, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. I guess my only question, and I'm going to ask this throughout the show tonight, is uh, <laughs> now... Thank you. Now that you're both uh, using this on a Sean's daily basis, a skeptic. <laughs> I am, Warning. and I need to ask: Is the Fitbit more than a gimmick and cool graphs and neat little charts? I mean, is it something that you've actually found yourself exercising more? Is it something I don't? I mean, do you really see value in it? Or is it just something kind of cool to have around? Sean, it's like you don't even like technology. Yeah. I must be on the wrong. Is this what a loser? <laughs> I thought I thought this was Knitters Monthly. Is this not? Um, no, but I I yeah I actually do because like if not like I get really annoyed when I don't when I when I sit around and like don't do anything all day like I did today actually I was in a really bad mood today because I like didn't leave my room um, so I had like a thousand steps. <laughs> for the day, out of my like ten thousand step goal, which which was sad. So I, I did. I went for a walk, and and I got eaten alive by bugs. But it was totally worth it. <laughs> yeah, it, it does spur you on to do more. Uh, something I think they can do a better job with is like measuring what food you're eating. Yeah. And uh, an idea I had was like instead of like sitting there and going through this database why not just like take a picture of it now and then like when you go to bed it'll ask like hey classify these foods real quick that you had today and it shows you a picture and reminds you what it was yeah I, but honestly, at the same time like so many of my meals aren't a thing in that database like yeah, yeah. I, I even wish it would just like remind you around the time you normally eat like hey did you just eat you should probably put it in the app now yeah. Because uh, that's, like, I forget, and then, like, it's nighttime. I'm not going to, like, go back through my entire day of eating to record this stuff. But I'm not I'm not sure. Yeah. I don't know. I, don't I know. wish So I wish they did that better, because I feel like that's, that's something. The goal of measuring these things is to begin to understand, like, how much of something actually is, like, if you could measure like your caloric intake and then look at it over however much you should be taking in a day, like that would be cool, but there's no reliable way to do it yet. We need the uh the tooth implant. <laughs> yes. That's that's the next one. <laughs> yeah. The I I'm, bit molar. <laughs> I I'm definitely I'm Believe it or not, I'm excited, and, uh, you know, I, I think if they can... I'm really fascinated by the fact that it's easy to use and kind of out of mind, because uh, I tried tracking my food, and it's just it's way too much work, uh, which I know this doesn't solve that, but it's, you know, an example. And then um, I forget my second point. So uh, we will uh, segue very cleanly there to um, another story... Um, and this involves quite possibly the most, uh, how do I want to say, the thing that has sort of spurred this wearable revolution, at least in the eyes of consumers, and that would be Google Glass. Um, and we have in our rundown here a uh, story that really highlights what Glass is used best for. Can we talk about what it is first? Um, Can you bring sure. up a picture? I, I actually talked to someone yesterday who did not know what Google Glass was. What? I know. That's crazy. Her mind was blown. So, Google Glass is a pair of glasses you wear on your face. And on the right-hand side, there's a little camera. Mm -hmm. And out of that little camera comes this little display that sits in the corner of your vision, I'm guessing, so you kind of have to look up at it if you want to focus in and see it. Otherwise, it's just kind of like this blurry thing that you can't really see. So if you get... so, And it hooks up to your phone. 
it only operates through your phone. So your phone receives notifications and it can be sent to glass and you can see them here. You can take pictures and they get sent to your phone. It all works through your phone. And that's pretty much it. And beyond that, it's kind of like, well, what can we do with this thing? Yeah. I think it's cool. Um, I mean, obviously there are some, some implications <laughs> of always having a camera strapped to your head. We already have cameras strapped to our hands, basically. That's true. Now we're just strapping them to our faces. Yeah. Um, it's a natural progression, right? <laughs> but These things gradually move further up your body. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, I, I think it's, like, it's kind of a part of this, like, this, like, general trend of things, like, like, the screens get less and less obvious, so we're just, like, we, we're, we're all merging in with the, the greater internet hive mind, like, <laughs> it's, 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 we're becoming a part of it, and it's becoming a part of us, and so, uh, Long before Google Glass was a thing, there's this book called Damon Demon by Daniel Suarez, which basically uh, outlines this the life or the the immediate aftermath of the death of a game designer who like wrote something like World of Warcraft, and he took the things he learned from that and wrote this program that when he dies, it looks at like Twitter. And when they see stories of his death, it triggers the program, which creates this app that people can install and load into their glass-like things that aug that turns the entire world into an MMO. So you get points for doing things for the program. So like you'll go <laughs> over here and pick up a thing and bring it and it'll drop off to somewhere else, and then someone else will pick that up. So each person in the thing has no idea what's going on, but it turns out they're, like, committing high crimes and, like, stealing tons of money and, like, you know, robbing people. Some of the more adventurous people, are, you know, they get upgraded to, like, mobsters, basically, and they get to go around and do all this stuff, and the computer helps them evade the police and everything. It was it was pretty cool, but this is, this is it. <laughs> it's now. That such a thing would be totally possible. That's kind of exciting and yeah. terrible. Yeah. Scary. Yep. I don't know. <laughs> if anyone's wa ever wanted to take over the world, it's almost time. It's a, yeah, the gamification of world conquest. It's it's like risk. Yeah. Except not yeah. tedious. <laughs> Except uh, without all the dice. <laughs> yes. That would be great. Google Glass now with dice. Um <laughs> Imagine. So, and while we talk about all these exciting things Google Glass can do, and they're being rolled out to certain select members of the Google Glass Explorer program for $1,500, um, which I would go into debt and plunk down in a second, Google, if you're listening, because uh, <laughs> I want to be that guy. It's supposed to be out in the fall, right? I, I... No? They said sometime 2014, I think. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, I think it'll sneak up on you. I don't think we'll hear anything until I.O. next year. Maybe that's when we'll get the announcement. Um, but with such uh, new technology comes new fears, as those who don't understand it come to panic about it. Um, and that certainly is the case with Google Glass, things like privacy involving cameras. Um, as I'm going to pivot to the news story that I am... Uh, I guess excited to cover. I mean, not really. I mean, it was kind. Of, it's such a gimmicky news story, but it's this story on Ars Technica. First arrest captured on Google Glass points to a little brother future. Um, I'm gonna play here. The, I haven't actually watched this, but the, so the I'm clip. Excited. I'll let it play. <laughs> well, I'll let it play while you guys talk about what you think. <laughs> okay. Well, I like I like what they said about little brother future. I think this is. Uh, you know, in a, an interesting counterpoint to the NSA where we're all monitoring, you know, everyone else, but also the government at all times, which would make it harder for them to overstep their bounds. So I like, I like that point. But as you said, 
Others, ironically, given what we now know about the NSA, will be offended that you could take a camera into the bathroom and take a picture as if it totally wouldn't be obvious if you're like, you know, what are you going to do, stick your head under the stall? Like, <laughs> yeah. I, think, I think a phone is much less covert. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, I mean, it would be weird if, like, I don't know. Can they can they like remotely control people's phones? Like they could wi- they can like wiretap your phone, right? What if they could wiretap your camera, tap your Google Glass, and be looking oh, through your? This isn't even a story anymore. We have to assume that will happen. Oh yeah. <laughs> but how's that any different from them doing that to your cell phone? It's not. I mean, the fact that it's on your face may be a little different, but, you know, I think all these people who just panic, oh, you know, everyone's going to be recording everything, there's going to be glass everywhere, oh, we're banning it from this, that, and the other thing. Well, they did that with when cell phones first got cameras. They said, oh, don't take it in the gym locker room. They're banned because people are going to take pictures. Yeah. You know, I mean, I I just, I don't, it's, we're going to see a million of these stories first blank captured on Google Glass or, you know, Google Glass used for the first time in this. We're going to see a million of them as this thing rolls out. And I just, I don't, like, seriously, people, relax. It's yeah. a, people are going to do, and we have, we're going to talk a little later about uh, self-driving cars, but it's kind of the same idea where I get it. It's new. New things are scary. They make you uncomfortable. And that's fine. Be that way, but doesn't mean you have to be putting out ridiculous news stories every day. And I just want to point out, this is the most boring YouTube video I've ever watched. Well, well we can't see it. Oh, so. I thought I was sharing my screen. You up oh, there? We go. Now we can see it. Oh, I had it full screened. I thought it was playing. I played the first like three minutes of it and was watching uh, it. Well, were you just staring a... at me that whole time? No, I was just staring at a black box on the Ars Technica page. Oh, my God. I feel so <laughs> well, dumb. I'm sorry. if it wasn't very exciting, then thank you for sharing full Because <laughs> when it full screens, it goes into a separate window, and that wasn't the window I was capturing. Ah, damn ah. it. Okay. It's not a very good video, but if you want to watch it, it's all over the internet. What really bummed me out about this story, specifically this one, maybe on Ars Technica, and I don't know how much of this they actually wrote or took for somewhere else, but they said in here, and I'm going to try to find it, um, oh, see, I should have found this before I said that, because that wasn't very Control helpful. F. Yeah, well, if I knew what I was looking for, I'd do that. But no, basically, no what, basically, this article sort of, like, they make a big deal about how um, we're rapidly approaching a future where everything can be filmed. If NSA is Big Brother, glass holes are the new little brother. Oh, man, I love that term. I but... hate... Well, glass holes are... <laughs> I'll give credit to that. I don't like this idea that it's not it's not like Big Brother. It's not. It's not being centrally collected in a way that can be easily discovered and found. Right. It's, think of all the millions of YouTube videos no one ever watches. Right. Yeah. You know, so don't it's not like some big conspiracy. Well, that's also the people. NSA's argument as to why what they're doing is legal because they're collecting all this stuff, but they're like, oh, we don't we can't possibly look at it. But they actually have the equipment to do it. Unlike you or I who are gonna take a picture, put a filter on it, and throw it on Facebook. You know, that why am I worried about that? I'm not. Yeah. I don't <laughs> I'm fine with it. I don't know. It's not Okay. I mean, I, it's Looks not like they're, they're all, yeah. Uh, don't don't freak out. Um, yeah, I mean, it's not like it's on all the time, right? It's not like recording your every move and you turn it off or something. There's a big bright light on it. it that's letting you know you're being recorded. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, so, I was just about to say. Yeah. Which is it, in the, in that sense, it's like less less intrusive than than a a cell phone. Like, oh yeah. So you can quietly film something with cell phones, as you do often, Sean. So, I do. I'm very yeah. good at it. Years of practice. I guess what bothers me most about this is the fact that it's stories like this that take away from other stories that don't get any press. Stories like how it's going to revolutionize how we drive cars, and it's going to revolutionize how we exercise. And it's going to, you know, actual stories of actual innovations get buried, but instead, oh, fight on the Jersey boardwalk caught on Google Glass. Like, no one cares. <laughs> Like, well, seriously, let's focus on real news. I don't think the... 
I haven't heard a real killer app for it yet. Like the car thing, you you have to lose focus of what's on the road in order to see the direction arrow thing. So do you? I, you, I, I, you do because no you have to look up in the corner of your eye. Oh. So yeah. I think like your phone mounted on your dashboard is still a better. Yeah, I feel like it would be cool for like walking, like in New York City or something, like where you needed walking yeah. directions. Yeah, it's kind of like an iPad. Like it's not really necessary, but it's nicer for some things in a cell phone. Like mm -hmm. if you're walking down the, sh if you're living in a city and you walk a lot as opposed to driving, and you have your hands full of two bags of groceries, which really sucks, and you know you've got another mile and a half to go. And you get a text message, and you can read it right from your face without having to take your phone out. That's nice. It's it's just nice, though. It's not like, oh my gosh, you know. It's not like an, the iPhone. It's more like the iPad. It's just a nice thing. So far, it's slightly more convenient for some things than the iPhone would be. Right. All I know is as soon as these things are on everyone's face, I'm going to go to crowd and I'm going to shout, Hey, Google! And then they're all going to activate <laughs> with the, with the with yeah, voice. Yeah. And then I'm going to, I'm going to shout something ri like ridiculous. You know, oh, search yeah. porn! And then oh, everyone's just going glass. Okay, glass. <laughs> I wonder, it, it would be cool if you could, like, name... <laughs> it would be cool if you could name your own. Like, you could call it whatever you want, like... Giles. Yeah. Okay, or Giles. What's my sugar next mama. appointment? Sugar. <laughs> okay, sugar mama. <laughs> that would go well in a crowd. Wow. Okay, well, on that note, uh, why don't we pivot? What story do you guys want to do next? Um, well, so I, I guess just quick segue. Like, beyond Google Glass, we, we decided it would be fun to talk about some, some crazier wearable computing devices that either exist or or will hopefully exist or will exist in the near future. Um, so that's where we're going. I don't know which one you guys want to do first. Well, I think we should we should we can start with the the uh, well, I can start with the back sensor cuz I don't know. Don't yeah, tell us about one. this, Stan. This is All really right. interesting. I'm interested. Tell me more. So, this is a product called Lumo back posture sensor, which is basically a belt you put like around your lower back, and it can measure your posture somehow. Uh, so when your posture is when you're slouching or something like or leaning forward too much, it can provide you with a slight buzz to let you know that you need to stand up straight because otherwise you will hurt your back and spent lots of money in chiropractor fees or hopefully not anything worse than that. So it's a small thing, but it's pretty cool. I would like to have one because I notice myself doing it all the time. And I'm like, oh, I'll sit up straight. And that lasts for about 15 seconds, I would say. And yeah. then I revert back to my lazy state. Uh, it could even be that this isn't necessarily something you need to keep on for a long time. Maybe you just wear it for a couple of months and then you get used to it. Or maybe oh, this would also be cool to let you try out different chairs. So you could measure which chair actually gives you the best posture, which would be cool. Uh, so that's one of the small ones. That's true. I actually hadn't thought about like since we talked about it a little before the show and I, I thought it was kind of silly for $150, but like f f I feel like that's a, a legitimate job hazard for those of us who sit behind computers for hours and hours and hours a day. Um, and like it, like it's hard. It's, it's it is not like <laughs> you know, like you said, like you think about it and it's like, oh, I'll just sit up straight. Yeah, this is great. But then, like, after a while, it starts to get really tiring. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's exhausting. Maybe it's maybe it's because I don't do it. But then I go back to my, like, like hunched over. <laughs> you got to get you gotta get one of those standing desks. Yeah. Uh, That's the trick. Oh, I'm totally getting one of those as soon as I get to work. What I, uh, <laughs> what, what I think, I mean, the, the only two things that I think this really matters for is, one, people with actual back issues 
who have documented medical conditions and don't have any way... F it's like having a doctor with you all the time. And I think... <laughs> a really naggy doctor. But that's... that's for Especially yeah. something like posture, which you will lose focus on so quickly. Yeah. I think that is such a great idea for that small group. The other way I find that this is um, relevant and interesting, and I'll, we'll see this more as we go through the rest of our stories, but... Uh, I will start to be interested when all these things talk to each other, okay? So when my Fitbit yes. talks to my back sensor, talks to my temperature sensor, talks to this, that, and the other thing, when they, I, I don't want them all piecemeal. I want yeah. them to all work together. When that happens, call me, and I will just outfit myself top to bottom with whatever it takes because if I'm sitting there just one afternoon and, and all of a sudden – you need to get up and exercise, but, you know, just keep an eye on your back. Don't exercise too hard because we see today you've been slouching. And, you know, your temperature's a little high, so don't run out. It's hot outside. Stay inside. You know, it's things yeah. like that. Like, I want that. So good start, good idea. Let's keep pushing. I feel like that trans transitions nicely into the, the human API thing. Yeah, tell me, like, I don't know anything about computers, so I don't know what this is. So Basically, this guy did what you just asked for, but only for himself. So he pulls in all of the actual quantifiable information about himself, like uh, you can get the structured data on how well he's sleeping, his weight, the steps, whatever, I don't know, fuel. I guess that's a Nike fuel band thing. His Where he's moving around in the world. And actually, uh, someone at work uh, made a dashboard of themselves among all of the computer dashboards. So, like, right beside, like, the request for a second, you see how well did John sleep last night, and you see <laughs> the sleep patterns on the graph, and it lines up with pushes. So if someone <laughs> code that breaks it and he wakes up, it's pretty great. But that would be really cool. Like, if, you know, you, you start your job and you, you know... You OAuth your company with your personal API, and then they don't have to ask you how you're doing or what your stress level is or how's your commute to work. They know, and they can make changes to, like, the lunches or, you know, your chair and just proactively fix that stuff for you, which would yeah. be really cool. And the same thing with doctors. Doctors could just pull your stuff and, you know, let you know, call you up. Oh, you know, you know, haven't been sleeping well. Maybe you want to schedule an appointment, things like that. Yeah, but what happens cool. when your insurance company gets a hold of this and they say, Dan, you've been sitting at your desk too long, so we're going to raise your premiums because you don't live a healthy lifestyle. <laughs> you know, we talk about yeah. privacy, but imagine everything about you um, being made available. Like I, I don't, you know, I'm I'm Mister Public Share Everything. These two guys can vouch for that. Got me in trouble a lot of times. <laughs> Believe me, I don't have a filter. But I, but when it comes to things like what I'm, what my body's doing, and my posture, and my weight, well, I, it's not. I I don't envision it being public. I envision you giving access to people yeah. who ask for it. But you know, though, there's there's going to be social features built into things like like the, the, this guy's a great example where he's just putting it all out there. There's the uh, what is it? The there's a scale that tweets your weight yeah. every time you stand on it, you know. And obviously, it's optional, and a lot of people don't do it. But I just think that's an interesting. I'm I'm all about social media and relationship uh, marketing, and I think it's just a really interesting dynamic when you can get. Um, a whole community of people around something. My only question is, uh, you got to make sure where that information is going and who's looking at it. Because if you think the NSA yeah. is bad reading your emails, uh, In insurance uh, companies are probably worse. <laughs> um, good point. I, I'm like, yeah, I'm with you, Sean. Like the thing, I like really want to know all this stuff. I love graphs, and when they're when they're graphs of stuff that are is like personally relevant to me, it's even more exciting. Um, but I also like. I like where we're at right now because it's all stuff you can take off. Like I w so when, you, when it when it starts to be like chips implanted in my brain, that's when I'll get uncomfortable. I so want that. Well, <laughs> why? I know you do. 
Why? Why would you want that? I want it because I'm too lazy to put on a pair of glasses or a watch <laughs> or a band. And, and, and it doesn't need to track everything about me, but I'm all about convenience. And that's what these tools do, if you really think about it, is instead of you writing down your weight every single day, oh, yeah. you record it automatically for you. So I am excited. I want the implant. I want to wave my hand and have doors unlock and cars start. So well, let's do Well, we can that. get to the waving your hand thing, but really quick on the implant, they have brainwave sensing headbands that can measure your brain activity throughout the day. Not yet, but soon. Are they is this the same one that's the uh, has the cat ears on it and it reads your brain waves and it'll move the cat ears? <laughs> Did uh, you see that one? No. This is not that same one? No. Okay. That sounds terrifying. It, it it really is. It's such a gimmick, but But that was a would have been a good segue into the uh, the the Myophalmic Thalmic Mio yeah, so let's talk uh, yeah. about that. So right. Sean wants to wave his hand and have doors open. <laughs> I something like that. Yeah. Col- so Colby, can you do that? Yeah, I'll pull it. I'll pull up the the site here. Is there like a picture? Ah, uh, yes, there is a picture. Uh, screecher, screecher. Colby thinks his computer can listen to him like we're talking about, so he <laughs> shouts it, screen share, Google, screen share. No, Colby, Haters. So, Mio thing is, I just got muted. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 a, it's a wristband that you wear on your arm, and what it does is it's... So it's an armband. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, it's an armband that you do wear on your arm. My apologies. Um, <laughs> but what it does is it like senses the movements of your muscles. So like, and I don't know if you. I don't know if I. I would imagine that most of you have like you know held held your upper arm and like moved your fingers. Like your your muscles all through your arm move like just from moving your one finger. So like through this, they can they can track like incredibly complicated like like precise hand gestures from this band on your arm so so they use it um to so it's like a controller for your computer so you can like start your music or like um you know there's 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 footage of people like playing video games and there's a guy like controlling a drone with his arm which is cool because that's what i want (laughs) Um, but it's just kind of neat to think about it. Nothing? Well, could this, <laughs> could this thing be location aware? I don't know. I mean, I would imagine in conjunction with something, your phone or something, it right. certainly could be. Because, <clears throat> like, if it could connect to multiple things, that would be really cool. And I wonder, like, how unique. I wonder if you have to train this, or are all of our, all of our signals for this exactly the same, or close enough? You know. I feel like they probably are. I mean, we're we're relatively consistent as a <laughs> as a species. Yeah, but. At the same time, if you could do this with cameras, that would be more convenient in some ways, because you don't have to have a thing on your arm, but less convenient, I guess, in the... Because yeah. you're stuck to the cameras. Yeah. You, yeah. <laughs> I'll believe it when I see it. All right. Well, pre-order that's, one, Sean. That's my... <laughs> how much oh. is it? Do they have a price? Because actually, I'm curious. Let's see. Let's see. We'll, I, we'll order it live on the well, show. How many do take you want? Your, they'll take your credit card. I can see that. I hope they give <laughs> you a price. How many do you want, Sean? I want all of them. 150. That's not terrible. With I, yeah, that shipping. sounds about right. Because that's how. So let's see. So if I got that at 150, I got the posture thing for another 150. So there's 300. I can get Google Glass. That's 1700. A Fitbit is what 100. 100, 100, yep. That's 18. I should get one for both wrists, so that's 1900. <laughs> and um, the scale, and you'll you know round up to about two grand. And yeah. it's 
Yeah. You're, you're basically a robot. You're like a cyborg. <laughs> I'm a bionic man at that yes. point. <laughs> Outstanding. I dig it. All right. Um, Colby? Yeah? You put self-driving cars on our list of wearable technologies. Explain yourself. I, I did that. because um, I was talking to a friend yesterday about our wearable computing episode, and, and I, I mentioned something about reading an article on self-driving cars, and she was like, well, that, how is that wearable computing? And I said, well, a car is kind of like a piece of clothing that you put on to protect yourself while you're flying down the highway. <laughs> so... <laughs> Um, yeah, so that's they. They are. It is. It's. It's. It's just a protective box that you wear while you're driving. And okay. I think. Sure. <laughs> good. So, and I think self-driving cars are going to be awesome because um, there's a, an article on the New York Times Bits blog or whatever it is that their like opinion column online talking about like what it might mean if your car could drive yourself, um, could drive itself. I wish I could talk today. That would be that, so useful. That would help. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, one of the things they were saying, like, you would never have to find a parking space again. Your car could just drop you off, and then it could go find its own parking space or go to, like, a, a waiting place or something just to, like, you know, wait on your every whim and... That would be so cool. And then you could, like, call it back with your Google Glass or something. Be like, hey, car, meet me here. And it would just meet you there. That's have the you guys thing. seen the video of the uh, the guy who they have as Google, uh, the self-driving car user number one? Mm-mm. He's legally blind. Oh, really? I yeah. Was- yeah, that was a really big YouTube video a, wh- a little while back. Yeah, that was such an excellent use case. So yeah. basically, they they show this guy, and he gets in the car, and you know, the steering wheel turns on its own. I guess I could find the video, maybe, using this fancy-dancy YouTube app. Uh, it shows the steering wheel moving, and they're driving around. Here we go. All right, Sean, I'm going to start playing this YouTube video. All right, I don't know if it's going to work, but yeah, we're we'll find. Well, I don't think anyone can see that, can they, Sean? I think they can, but I don't know for sure. <laughs> I, I literally okay. have no way of knowing. That's, that's, yeah. Just, <laughs> I can't look at the live video. They might just be hearing it. I'm not sure. <laughs> right. uh, we well. get post-production. We'll cut it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We can, we can at least include the link on the, on yeah. the post later. All right, so do do me a favor, just play it for a little a little while longer. I just want to try something. Okay. Yeah, they can't see it. Nice. <laughs> cool. I pulled up the live Sorry, stream guys. and uh, Yeah, I I pulled it up too, but I can't tell where yeah. we're at no. exactly. It's a cool uh, video. Everyone should go watch it. Yeah. For so anyone who's listening, we apologize. Yeah, for just being lame, right? All there. one <laughs> of our listeners. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, so, anyways, a blind. You know, they go through this whole thing. They go through a drive-through and get burritos. They go drop off their dry cleaning, and the guy's legally blind. It turns out, he gets out of the car to drop off his dry cleaning, whips out a, a cane, but his like life is so much better because now he, he described in the video as life go- slows down 
when you get older. Like it takes you so that much longer to get places, that much longer to do things. And this, the time to get places is just as it was, if not faster. Yeah. And he doesn't have to worry about driving. That's that's really cool. I'm gonna have to watch that video after because I haven't seen it, but it's it's, it's really cool. It's a, and a it great shows, like selling point. Yeah, it shows the 3D, the lidar. I love yeah, that the little uh, spinning. Yeah, taking um, a a constantly evolving 3D image and rendering of the area around it, so accurate that it can like distinguish stop signs from like yield signs, and it can see like deer coming into the road before humans can like process the signal through their eye, make a decision, and have their muscles act on it. It's Absolutely bizarre. There's also a really cool uh, Peter Norvig video somewhere if you're into the really nerdy AI aspects of it that describes kind of how it works. But self-driving cars, the future. I want zip cars that are self-driving. Yes. Did you already say that, Colby? No, I didn't. But oh, but I so thought it. My my dream is like so. Zip cars. You can just go to a zip car, pick it up drive it away, but you have to bring it back. What would be great is if you had a self-driving car, even if you still had to drive it out or if you wanted to drive it out, you could drive out to wherever. You're staying there for a week and a half. It drives back to the base station, and you only paid for the time it was gone, not for the time you spent sitting in the National Park parking lot. Mm-hmm. When it, uh, when it comes to self-driving, I have to say two things about this. One... Uh, mad props to the Google video team because they make the best videos, period. Videos like this, videos like, remember the original glass concept video before we even knew it was a thing? Yeah. And it just looked like, I want that yesterday. So props to them because they make me want things I didn't even know I wanted. The other thing is I am Mr. Anti-Technology and I desperately... <laughs> I desperately want a self-driving car. I am so excited of all the technologies, I think in the entire show, maybe glass, but self-driving cars, I am genuinely excited for. Because as someone who has been both hit and has hit things in a car, <laughs> um, I think technology as a safety feature Mm -hmm. is generally underutilized in our society. Like, why aren't planes flying themselves? Why aren't boats controlling themselves? I realize there's reasons why, but in general, I'm just saying, I think we Isn't need to... Isn't it true that planes more or less do fly themselves? They do. They, yeah. they, they land themselves, absolutely. Um, and for the most part, they do. The problem is pilots are hesitant to use it, and I think it's an education thing. Um, and it'll take time before you self-driving cars, but I'm really excited because technology and safety, I think, is really cool, um, and I'm glad to see people are actively pursuing it. Um, you know, as long as I can turn it off and still drive myself once in a while, because I do enjoy driving, but I certainly want the option, because... Nice. Yeah, I've, uh, Eric Schmidt was asked, like, the, uh, I guess he was asked the business case for Google Cars, and he was basic. he said, he laid out this scenario where, uh, Google knows that you're shopping for a particular thing, and you're it knows where you are and it knows you're about to pass that thing. So it can tell you, it'd be like, hey, do you want to go stop at Kohl's and pick up those jeans you were looking at? And then Kohl's can get a cut of that money. But also, it can plan out things like that, shopping trips. So you make a shopping list and your car just figures out the best route and just goes. And it can tell the stores that you're going there and they can just hand you the stuff when you walk in the door, because that already knows what you want, it already knows when you're going to get there, so they can just give it to you. He he said, I, I, he might have just been spitballing, but those were <laughs> some of the business use cases he outlined. That's what bums cool. me out about Google. I want them to buy back all their stock and go private, because every time they announce something cool, the first question, 
how are you going to make money off it because they're a publicly traded company and then they go and give these cockamamie ideas <laughs> no one's they're never going to do but then everyone what my car is going to be telling me where to shut when they came out with google voice they said oh well we'll be able to listen for keywords and we can give you ads well obviously they're never going to do that but just by saying it <laughs> like come on seriously google we get it you'll eventually make money you're a sm you're a billion dollar company i'm not worried about that yeah. Just yeah. let us have cars that drive themselves. Don't tell me you're going to sell ads to me in my car. It's the nature of the beast. Oh, my God. All right. Um, cool. Well, that was a good talk. Yeah. I mean, let's let's go around the horn and just do a quick uh, summary of what we're thinking about uh, wearable technologies and a self-API. Uh, Dan, what do, you, what do you think? I am obviously a supporter. <laughs> uh I agree with you, Sean, that it needs to be interoperable. Unfortunately, and this is a discussion left for another episode, the internet is basically going away, and it's becoming like Facebook and Google and Twitter land. So we'll have to see how that goes. But it would be great if all these vendors were interoperable, and you could just say, hey, in addition to sucking in my data, why don't you pass it along to my provider next? Uh, that would be cool. I guess that's possible. I thought about doing that. We thought about doing that. But I'm excited. Definitely excited about Google Cars. I don't want to have to drive myself. I want to save as much gas as possible. I want to save as many lives as possible, too. So I'm pro. Pro wearable. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm with you. Um, it's like I, I like being able to take it off and... I like being able to not to keep it to myself, you know. I don't want to share it with people <laughs> for the most part. Um, Out of context, that was just a great sentence. <laughs> I like being able to keep it to myself. And you like being able to take it off. <laughs> well, yeah, don't you? <laughs> Can't argue with that. For shame. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I'm with you. And I think... I think we'll start to see in the next few months, I think we're going to start to see some cool stuff like with people pulling in, you know, Fitbit data and like, you know, aggregating it with, with some other stuff. Um, I, there, there have been a couple pretty cool services lately that, that aggregate different things like, like that, that, uh, my pick a couple weeks ago, Kipt, which is like the bookmarking service that, it pulls in all your bookmark-ish things from everything, and it's super cool. Like that's the dream. That's all I want. Um, so we'll see. We'll see. I'm I'm excited. I have high hopes. What about you, Sean? Well, um, I will sum up my thoughts on wearable computing simply by saying uh, the future is very bright for these technologies. It's such a ripe and growing field, and I'm very excited. My only hesitation is that it is such a field in its infancy right now and that you know when the iPhone first came out it revolutionized smartphones but smartphones didn't really get good and widespread until many years after that it didn't we didn't have an app store we didn't have android we you know it took a long time to get good so i'm excited and i like to see the innovations but i want to fast forward about 5 years and see what when i can actually easily and affordably buy these things and use them. Um, but I'll just keep drooling over new stories about glass and all the other cool stuff out there and, and just stare in awe at those who do have. So, Fair enough. Gadget envy. It's your worst enemy. <laughs> all right. Uh, well, that was a great discussion on wearables. Wait, quick question for everyone. Okay. Uh, if you had the money and Google said to you, We'll give you the privilege of buying glass for fifteen hundred right now. Would you do it? Probably. If I didn't have the money, I would do it. Okay, that answers <laughs> that question. I would max out a credit card to get Google Glass, <laughs> and then I would rent it out to friends on the weekends. And <laughs> so that's not. Oh yeah, I want it yesterday. I'm so ready. Although, in the terms of service, it does say you cannot sell your Explorer edition. So, I no. think renting is a form of selling. I had a I knew somebody who was who was actually in the program and and was looking to buy it and he was going to do a uh, a Kickstarter style campaign where if you helped him buy it he'd give you perks. Okay. And I'm like I'd do something like that. I'd, I <laughs> I would sell 
cookies or you know candy bars, <laughs> magazine nice. subscriptions. Um, so yes, yeah, so um, I don't think we're gonna have time for our stories of the week this week. So and they're good ones, but we'll, they'll still be relevant next week. So we'll push them back, um, and we will move on to our picks of the week. Um, and I am gonna jump. Uh, and I'm just going to pick one of you, and I want to know, uh, Dan, what's uh, what's up with your pick this week? I'm, I you always come every week, and I'm like blown away by what you're. <laughs> not that I want to slight Colby or myself, because I think we have good picks as well. But Dan, it's always a surprise. Please, what is your pick this week? All right, so for the long for the past two years, I've been using a Model M keyboard as my main keyboard, and this is like a giant 1990. Uh, Plastic, like polycarbonate, really hard plastic, giant full-sized keyboard, all metal interior that you could really easily kill someone with with a blow to the head. Like it's that heavy. I, I've seen this keyboard in particular thrown on the ground, like thrown, not just dropped, and it's still fine. It's like a tank. Uh, so the appeal to mechanical keyboards is a they sound really cool because they have this very clicky sound to them. You think of your typical, like, hacker going at it in some movie thing, the sound of his keyboard, that's like a mechanical keyboard. But that's really a side benefit to the real benefit, which goes back to our being comfortable in your white-collar desk job office, which is uh, it just it's, has an indescribable feel. It feels much better. And I've been using one of these shitty Apple keyboards for the past several weeks. And just the past few days, I've really started to feel it. Like, it feels like I'm typing in mud. <laughs> and it's just really, it's really unsatisfying because I often, like, man, did I really, did that press down all the way? With these, there's never any doubt that you press it down all the way. So it's easier to type even though there's more resistance. There's less to think about. It's really bizarre. I highly recommended trying them out. Uh, I read a great article that I didn't think I have in front of me that has some like affordable sub fifty dollar mechanical keyboards that I'll post in the show notes. But as with most things, you can get really crazy, and like some of the best mechanical keyboards are four hundred or five hundred dollars <laughs> naturally, and they don't, of course, have the letters printed on them because that's for noobs. Mm-hmm. So that's that's my pick. Mechanical keyboards. Try them out. You won't be disappointed. You type a lot. I agree with Dan. And I'm a hard typer. Oh, I. People are like Sean. What are you breaking in there? I can't go for it. So mechanical's the way to go. Okay, uh, Colby. Why don't you talk about um, the revolution of money? Woo! With so your, with your pick. So my pick of the week is Symbol.com, which. It's an online bank. It's a. Did I just get muted there? You yep. did. It's a, a simple. It's an online bank, like completely online. They have no branches, which freaks out my parents. Um, but I've been using them for the last almost a year now, which is awesome. They they send you. Oh, thank you. That's what I was trying to do before I got muted. Um, so basically, it's just a checking account right now. They, there's no like saving savings account options or anything. But you get a debit card. Um, they send it to you for free. Um, in I guess expecting that you're going to send them some money. Um, and then they basically their their two like principles are like. Awesome customer service, which they are awesome. You send them a message and they get back to you within the hour and usually with the correct answer, um, which is fantastic. And then, like, just mobile and online to the max. So their mobile app is great. You can do, um, you know, the standard stuff like cash checks with your phone. Um, so you just take a picture and your check is cashed. But you can also... Um, you can disable your card right from your your phone. So if you lost your card or you think you lost your card or there's a suspicious charge on your card, you can just disable it right from your phone. Um, and you can re-enable it later if you, if you were mistaken. But it's super cool. You don't have to, like, call your bank 
or anything like that to take care of it. Um, and then they they also on their website on the in the mobile banking site they have all this like you can filter through things and you can see all these graphs of your spending and you know I can find out like like that I spent like you know two hundred dollars at Dunkin' Donuts in the last six months which feels really bad <laughs> but good because I'm never gonna spend money at Dunkin' Donuts again because I'm going to California. Um, but it's it's really it's really neat, and it's just kind of uh, like they give you a lot of options for exploring your 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 spending habits, and I think it's cool. So you should give it a shot. Also, all part of the uh, quantified self here. Mm-hmm. Awesome. All right, simple dot com banking in the future. Awesome. All right. Uh. My pick this week is uh, quite possibly the greatest idea I've ever heard, and that would be IFT, I-F-T-T-T dot com. Uh, and if you have not heard of this, shame on you. Which, um, th- that stands for if this, then that, correct? That's right, if this, then that. And it's all about the idea of the recipe. So basically, there's actions and triggers. So you know how an if-then statement works if you've taken a math class or a logic class. For example, you know, if I call Colby ugly, then he will punch me in the face. That is an if-then statement. Um, Now imagine that applying to the internet as a whole. All these sites make these great APIs available. Why not make when one service does one thing, another service does another? That's where if-it comes in. the way it works is, um, let me throw up my screen here. Okay, so right now we're looking at my personal dashboard, and you have these things called recipes, which is a trigger and then a consequencing action. So, uh, for example, some of the recipes I have, um, so uh, let me, some of these I don't even use anymore, but like every time I'm tagged in a photo on Facebook, it automatically is downloaded to my Dropbox. Now that's really convenient because it it does all my friends' photos, which my friends may not like, but it's for my personal use, so I don't really care. Um, Or for example, and this one actually surprised me because I totally forgot about this. When your Facebook profile picture changes, update your Twitter profile picture. Oh, man. Which is genius because I always forget to do it, and then one day I, I looked and my Twitter avatar was different, and I'm like, what the heck? And then I remembered... Um, it does this. Um, save Pandora likes to an Evernote file. Um, it's really incredible. And the other great thing is that, well, two other great things. One, they're really easy to create. Uh, all you have to do is choose your trigger channel. And they have just every service. They have Etsy. They have Facebook. Uh, among with hundreds of other services. You simply choose the service. So, for example, Facebook. You choose your trigger. Let's say I have a new status message. You create what happens after I create a status message, so we'll say we'll post it to Google Drive, so to keep track of every single status I post. And you can create an, a thing, and it'll do it automatically for you. The other really great thing is that these um, recipes are public. Well, you can make them private, or you can make them public, and people share them. So that's actually where I have found most of these. I would have never thought to make one to share profile pictures, but it was right here on the top, so... For example, text me when it's someone's birthday as a birthday reminder. Or take all my Instagrams and download them to my Dropbox automatically. Um, I think it is just such a cool idea. um, And the possibilities are endless. And the other great thing is they are always adding new services. I get emails from them all the time. We've added this. We've added that. They added ESPN. So you can get texts for sports scores or save them to a file. Um, Overall, I just really highly recommend... Uh, just checking it out, and even if you use it for one recipe, if it makes your life that much easier, I think that's awesome. So um, it's ift, I-F-T-T-T dot com, if this, uh, then that, um, my, my, one of my new favorite things. So I highly Ooh. recommend it. Nice. Um, with that, uh, I think we conclude the show just at about an hour. Um, <laughs> is there anything anyone wants to end on, discuss, plug, wrap up with? Not yet. Nope. Not not yet. So, You're still holding someday, on. Someday. Someday we'll have something. One of these days. Yeah. Um. I'm trying to think. I uh. 
I don't have anything either, sadly. So uh, I guess on that note, it is time for us to end. Uh, on behalf of Colby Rabideau and Dan Miller, uh, I want to thank everyone for listening and watching. Uh, we record this show live every Tuesday at 11 p.m. Eastern. Wednesday. Nope, just kidding. Now it's Wednesday. <laughs> Are we moving the show to Wednesday? No, now it's midnight, so it's Wednesday, so I was confused. Oh, it's <laughs> midnight. Dan, I'm not that sharp. You can't throw me curveballs like that. <laughs> I feel like we've talked about how hard time is before. Uh, yeah, it, time is our enemy. So watch it whenever we do it. And you can also get it after the fact in both video and audio forms at don'tpanicpodcast.github.io. Each week we say we'll get a real URL. Maybe next week. I make no promises. <laughs> um, and so uh, we thank all of you for watching. Um, and on that note, I will remind everybody, don't panic, because we will be back next week with more. Um, good night. <laughs>